Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey guys, welcome to our Tuesday morning recap. Just wanted to take a quick moment and say thank you to Ashley for sharing her story. I am so encouraged um, by Ashley. The fact that, um, and she's not the first one, she's the second one actually to reach out via my website. But, you know, I'm just so amazed by God. You know, let me start there. I'm so amazed by God that he can take something as simple as a website and make it an avenue to reach him for anyone who's looking for him. You know, that's my prayer. That's my desire is that anything that that God has allowed me, blessed me with an opportunity to use, whether it's a website or this podcast or uh, the book that's out there, anything my prayer always is that it will point people back to God, not to BJ, because BJ is flawed and she can do absolutely nothing <laughs> to really help you. But what it does is it leads you to the almighty God who can change our lives. And the fact that God used a website, that he allowed this young lady, this young woman to be moved enough to reach out on a website and say, I have a story to tell. I want to share what God has done in my life. That blows me away. It, it makes it all worthwhile. And I think any of you who know what that feels like, you understand. You understand. I am so full in this moment just to know that I have a God who can use anything. He can use our mistakes. <laughs> he can use things that we would have no clue is quote-unquote a godly tool that he can make it a godly tool so thank you yay god as my friend sharice likes to say i am so encouraged to see what god can do so ashley thank you for being brave enough for reaching out um being patient enough for this this lady to get back to you (laughs) and making it happen But I just want to say thank you. Then I want to jump into just really recapping the testimony. There was just so much in it. I love the fact that it doesn't matter, guys, who we are, where we are in life. We're all honestly in search of purpose. That's what we're all here for. You know, there's a purpose within each one of each and every one of us that if we are not living our purpose, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. And it really doesn't matter how young we are, youthful, beautiful, vibrant. You know, we we attach all sorts of worldly, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I don't know. We attach things to ourselves and each other from the world. Um, Those who are young, they have better things to do than to be searching for God right now. They'll get around to that later when they're older. You know, we, we think crazy thoughts like that. Or this person's in college and you need to be living your best life. And we've assigned <laughs> what we consider their best lives to be, which amazes me because our idea of their best life 
is a worldly life. But yet what we're hearing from Ashley, and I'm sure so many others whose names I don't know, faces I'll never know, there are people out there who realize this. No, my best life is a life that is attached to God. Any life apart from Him is really not a best life at all. Now, the world might applaud it. You know, I I might get a, a lot of degrees that says I'm somebody special. But until I can attach God to it, it's really not the life that God intended. And that's what I'm hearing as I'm listening to her testimony. Here's a young girl who really has the world laid out at her feet. You know, she comes from a a family that's relatively well-to-do, privileged in many ways, um, totally the opposite of my own upbringing and the upbringing of a lot of the students and kids that I work with. You know, we look at people like Ashley, if we were to judge it from a humanistic point of view, we look at them and think, oh, they don't need any help. They're fine. They don't need anything. But inside this young, beautiful girl, was someone needing something, something that only our God could give, a security, a confidence, an unconditional love that only our God could give. And I'm so very thankful that it didn't take her decades, (laughs) like it took me, like it takes many of us to really reach that point of saying, no, what I need is greater than what I can bring to myself or what education can bring to me. So I I, I am so very thankful for the search. Isn't it incredible how God puts things and people in our lives? We don't even realize that they are sent by God. They don't even realize that they're sent by God. That she had a friend who just happened to be in a book club, who just happened to be studying out a purpose-driven life. I love it. My husband says often, Acts 17, God determines the times and the places. And it's so true. We couldn't, I don't know, we couldn't put it together ourselves. There's no way we can map out our lives as well as God has mapped them out. He knew that coming from a good friend, she would want to be a a part of that book club. And her interest in the book club just happened to tap right into what she was searching for. The hand of God is amazing. He never misses a beat. I'm so impressed with who my God is. I stand in awe because he is, God fascinates me. (laughs) I'm telling you, I know I've said it before, it always boggles my mind when people say they're bored with God or they're bored with religion. I'm like, you don't, you, you don't know the God that I know because he blows my mind. All those little details, oh my goodness. That's, it's it's incredible, it's incredible. But anyway, so here she is, you know, looking, trying to figure out purpose, trying to figure out life, not even knowing that there's a book out there called A Purpose Driven Life. (laughs) And lo and behold, a friend says, hey, I'm in a book club. What are you studying? A Purpose Driven Life. Oh, that sounds good. And that became, as she said, her Bible. That was what she, she ate it up every morning, sitting at the breakfast table. You know, she's reading A Purpose Driven Life. But I loved, and this is some of what I want to really focus on today. She said, you know what? Did I know my Bible, though? No. Had my life changed 
No. But what the book did was it introduced me to who Jesus was. And I just, guys, that I think is, is, that's huge. I'm a studier. I love digging into different books and all that. And I know many of us out there are, but there is nothing that takes the place of the word of God itself. But I love the fact that God uses these things to introduce us to who he is, to what his love looks like, to what it feels like to walk in alignment with him. That's something that we can't, uh, you, you can't get it from a book. All a book can do is point you in the direction. It shines the light on it. It's not the substance itself. And I love the fact that as young as she is, She's only 22 now, 22, 23, I could have it wrong, sorry, Ashley. But even at that young age, she knew enough or knows enough that this book and all the wonderful teachings that it holds is not God. It's simply a tool that God is using to introduce himself to me. Guys, we've got to get that on straight. There are too many of us that are turning to other things. And I appreciate, I appreciate everyone who's purchased my book. I appreciate uh, all the wonderful scripturally sound books. But you cannot, please don't use my book as the way. It was simply the way that God directed BJ. It's just me sharing how God moved in my life and anyone else's book that you pick up. It's simply them sharing how God moved in their lives. It is not God himself, even though God will speak through it. And I know that can sound somewhat confusing, but I think we all get, you get what I'm saying. We can get, sometimes it's easier to I don't know, to read a book, to read the cliff notes <laughs> than to actually read a novel. You know, it's like in school. I'll just get the cliff notes. Sometimes a book can be that. They're just cliff notes. Or they're just expounding on an incredible chapter in the book. It is not the living, breathing word of God itself coming to life. But it's there to introduce you to the incredible God that he is. But I love, she said, it just, it didn't change me, but it did open me to the word of God. Guys, I pray that whatever you're studying these days, whatever you're listening to, this podcast included, that it is opening you up to the real God around you so that you can indeed have the life that God intends for you, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, not a life that is determined by the clothes you wear, the makeup that's on your face, how you do your hair, how many degrees you get. All that stuff, guys, it goes up and down. It fluctuates. It will be in one season and out the next season. It is exhausting. And I say that speaking from experience. I know what it's like as an ex-entertainer 
<laughs> to try to, oh my goodness, keep the world happy. Part of why I walked away from it all was I just couldn't play the game anymore. It's unreal trying to make the world love you at all times, even if you're just going to the grocery store. Heaven forbid you should be caught looking like a regular person <laughs> when the world expects you to look like a movie star. The pressure of it all. And I know for those who are not in entertainment, and I don't want to get off on a side note here, but for those who are not in entertainment, we always look at it as, well, that's just part of the game, right? That's a small price to pay for what you're getting paid. Guys, it's someone's life. It's someone's life. If someone had a camera on you all day, every day, you might think it's fun and exciting for a day, maybe. <laughs> but you multiply that. I was in the industry for 30 years. It is exhausting. And it's heightened depending on if you're in a movie right now, if you're on a television show right now. I understand the pushback of actors because we're calling them to be fake, to be phony 24 hours a day. And when we as people are given a purpose by the God who created us and that purpose doesn't fall in alignment with pleasing the people, then you're in opposition with yourself. This young girl, as young as she was, was in opposition with herself already, trying to be what the world wanted her to be, or what she thought the world wanted her to be. She was trying to be a chameleon. She was like, I was just going to be whatever I need to be. So the music that I liked, I didn't listen to it because it wasn't cool. So I listened to the cool music. She said, I loved reading. I'm sorry, I loved writing, but I wasn't writing. Why? That's a nerd thing to do. No one wants to hear about your writing. So she had already begun to play the game. She had already begun to put on the mask. I wonder how many of us are still walking around wearing masks. What face are you wearing today? What face are you wearing today? And for some of us, those faces change throughout the day. Throughout the day, you put on a different mask, depending on who you're with. And I know that's tiring. I was so glad to hear that she decided early on to give up that game. It's a cat and mouse game. It's, it's a carrot that's dangled in front of you by the world because the world applauds you. It says, well done, when you put it on well. You know, I, I don't know, guys. I, I'm so thankful that I'm growing up now, <laughs> that I'm not growing up during this time. I look at our kids, I look at my kids, and social media is crazy. It is coming at us, oh my goodness, wild and furious. And I'm watching the kids try to keep up with the illusion of what is being fed them. And I know it's not possible. It is not humanly possible. 
I have a social media. I, I don't do much on it. <laughs> I'm supposed to, quote unquote. That's the only reason I even have one out there. I'm just not really into that stuff. But posting an ugly shot is not really what you do. You're always going to put the best thing up that you can possibly come up with. You're always trying to look at somebody else's post and, well, oh, is that what my posts are supposed to look like? I ain't got time for that, personally. (laughs) But I know that the world does. I know the world does. And if you don't have a greater purpose, you find yourself caught up in it as well. So I am just so very grateful and thankful that Ashley you found your way. Now the goal is to hold on to it. You know, it's amazing when God can show us a way out of a hurting situation. And we can get super excited in the moment. But then it's so very easy when the world is still coming at me to fall back. So I just want to I want to caution not just Ashley, but all of us listening, but I'm going to use her own words. She said that um, lukewarm was kind of working for me. (laughs) There was a time, she said, lukewarm was kind of working for me. I think we have to be careful because for many of us, lukewarm is kind of working for us. You know, it's not like I'm way out there doing something totally crazy. You know, we can always look around us and find other people who are doing even crazier things than we are. So it's easy to accept our lukewarm spot, our lukewarm place in life. But if we can look at it in lieu of what God wants for us, it's accepting a hundred dollars when God is offering you a hundred million. When you're hungry and you're desperate, that hundred sounds good. Well, I'll just take the, give me the hundred. I'll just take the hundred because I'm trying to feed the right now. But God is saying, I'm offering you so much more. But that might mean being patient with the right now. So a lot of times we'll settle for lukewarm because it's closer it's, it's taking care of the right now, not realizing that we are forfeiting the paradise. So I just really want us to stop and think, and I so appreciate Ashley saying it, that lukewarm was kind of working for me. I don't think I've actually ever heard anyone come out and say it like that. You know, we know what the scripture says about being lukewarm. So we tend to not profess that. We won't claim that. (laughs) But I believe most, honestly, most people, most Christians even, we live lukewarm lives. And we're okay with it because it's kind of working for us. We go to church. We fellowship and have, you know, parties and celebrations with friends. Um, we do quiet times. We we do just enough. That's what it is. We do just enough to feel good about ourselves. 
And because of that, it's kind of working for us. But I really want us to think, as I was saying, if we think in terms of I'm settling for $100 when God is offering me so, so, so much more, but in order for me to receive it, I have to step out of lukewarm and step into hot. Sometimes us getting hot, being pushed to where God wants us to be, God has to push us into uncomfortable places. So when Ashley mentioned when her world fell apart, you know, the boyfriend, uh, she broke up with the boyfriend, mom and dad broke up, her, I think his grandma passed away. It was like one thing after the other, after the other. A lot of times we look at that and we think, God, why are you against me? But I've now learned, guys, just from experience and hardships, it is not God is against me. It is God pulling me closer to him. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, and it can feel so overwhelming, it is God pulling you closer to him. He's trying desperately to pull us all out of lukewarmness. The thing about lukewarm is that it's just, it's comfortable. You know, it's it's comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm a Southern girl. I don't like being too cold. <laughs> and I don't like to be too hot. You just put me right smack in the middle, BJ's good. But when I'm in the middle, I tend not to really want to do anything. You know what? I can just stay in bed. I can kick my, my, my feet up. I can, I don't know, watch some documentaries. That's what BJ does when you know, she's got nothing else to do. Eat some Haagen-Dazs, put my feet up, relax. But when God needs me to do something, he pushes me out of that comfort zone. He stirs my insides. When God puts us in uncomfortable places, it's not that he's just messing with us. <laughs> you know, he's never just messing with us. He's trying to move us to the next place. He's moving us. He was moving Ashley to that next tier. Now we have to realize Satan's always moving with us. You know, he's not going to let God move you and just stand back and do anything. So even in Ashley's situation, you know, she said, and then she moved home and then depression hit her. All of a sudden, she's trying to step out of lukewarmness. She's trying to find purpose and bam, what does she get hit with? Depression. And then not just depression, she gets hit with OCD. So Satan is not going to just sit back and leave us alone. That, that's just not going to happen. The world doesn't work that way. I don't know why we, we have this tendency to want the world to just stop. Leave me alone until I get myself together, till I get strong again, and then you can come at me. That is not how it works. That's like being in a boxing ring and your opponent's coming at you and your opponent sees that you're weak. That's not the time for your opponent to back off, right? That's when the opponent's going to come in for the kill. It is no different with us spiritually, guys. Satan is not going to have mercy on you because you're going through a tough time. Satan doesn't even know what mercy is. So we've got to get it out of our heads 
that when I'm going through a rough time, I'm just going to sit in my bed and pull up the covers and do nothing. No, the opponent is coming after you. This is when you step deeper into the heat because that's God trying to pull you closer to him. He is trying to, I I love, she said something about God met me in my brokenness. She said, he said, this time you're going to heal, but you're going to heal with me. That's what it was. I loved that phrase. This time you're going to heal, but you're going to heal with me. How many times, guys, have we healed in our own strength and found ourselves back in that same broken space again? Why we healed on our own We healed based on what we thought. We didn't heal with God, and therefore the healing was incomplete. This time you're going to heal, but this time you're going to heal with me. I pray that is the case for all of us. I don't know about you, but I get tired of going around the same sin over and over and over and over. And then in my frustration, God, how long am I going to go through this? He's saying, as long as you continue to try to do it or fix it yourself. As long as you are trying to heal yourself, physician, heal thyself, you will find yourself back at this same place. This time, heal, but you're going to do it with me. I think that was probably the most powerful thing that she shared And I pray that that is the case for all of us. Every one of us has something that we need a healing in. It might be physical. A lot of times we think healing, we talk, we think about a physical situation, depression, OCD, uh, a health issue, a back, diabetes, all these things. And those are all real as well. But guys, there's some healing that needs to take place that has nothing to do with the numbers, from a lab test. There's some healing that needs to take place that only God can do. But we've got to let him reach down deep, pull us into the hot places, pull us out of lukewarm, and make us stand in the fire. Because whatever that is, that place, wherever that place is, Satan is there as well, waiting to take you down. Nothing else, remember as we leave today, we're in a boxing match for our lives until the end of our life. Your opponent never stops. The opponent has no mercy and your opponent will not feel sorry for you. So when we pause to feel sorry for ourselves, it's the equivalent of a boxer in the ring, putting their hands down and just allowing the opponent to punch him in the face. If they punch long enough, they punch hard enough. Eventually, you will go down. The main thing as a boxer you have to do, or one of the things you absolutely have to do, you have to block the punches. Guys, I pray that we are in the battle with God, that we are not just standing there taking on the assault, 
but instead we are blocking the punches that are coming our way. But we're not doing it just on our strength because our strength alone is not enough. We can't handle the assault. But God is saying you have to get your hands up. You can't just stand there, allow him to punch and cry that I'm letting you get hit. I want us to be in a spiritual battle. I believe God calls us to stay in the spiritual battle. The battle is the Lord's, it's not ours, but we have to be in the battle with him. Guys, I thank you so much for your time listening today. Ashley, thank you, my sweetie. I appreciate you reaching out. I am in prayer for you. Stay in this fight for the long haul. You know, I want to hear from you 10 years from now that you're still fighting the good fight. And every one of us know that God has given each and every one of us purpose. He created us that way. Anything short of the word of God itself is not sufficient enough to really sustain you, even though it is there to point you in the right direction. And that when things get rough, when life is falling apart, it is God pulling you closer to him. Because without that, lukewarm can kind of work for you. God never intended for us to live lukewarm. Guys, you are amazing. I thank you for your time. And until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear a testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.